Mindfulness Mode 356. That's the word I tell everybody every single day. Let it go. Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. I'm Bruce Langford, your Mindfulness Life Coach and host of, of the podcast. I'm so excited to share this special episode with you today. We're talking about the Global Zen Consciousness Conference, which is coming up on September 28th to October 1st in Atlanta, Georgia. And this conference is going to be absolutely fantastic. I can tell you some amazing speakers, speakers like the co-host Lu Feng. He's Chief Dean of the Holographic Research Institute. Yang Ping, founder of Love and Live Wellness Management Group. Dr. David Hansen, the CEO at Hansen Robotics. There's a Harvard-trained quantum physicist and so many speakers. Check out the website at zenconference.org. If you're interested in mindfulness and the science of consciousness, you absolutely need to check out this conference. And of course, if you were not interested in those things, I'm sure you wouldn't even be listening to this podcast, but I'm thrilled to have been invited myself to be a speaker at this conference. So I'll be there, and hopefully a lot of you will too, Mindful Tribe. Make your way down to Atlanta on September 28th. Check out the the website. I'll give it to you again. It's zenconference.com. Today, I'm absolutely honored to be featuring the founder of the conference, Shi Deiru, who is a Kung Fu master and is known around the world as the American godfather of Sanshu. Listen to the entire interview because at the end, you're going to hear a surprise bonus discount offered. So without further delay, let's get to the interview. I am very excited today, Mindful Tribe. I'm here with one of the co-founders of the Zen Conference. It's the Global Zen Consciousness Conference, which is going to be held September 28th to October 1st in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm here with Deru. And Deru, like I said, is one of the founders. So Deru, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us. Oh, thank you. So, Deru, are you in mindfulness mode today? And uh, I'm in mind consciousness and full. And what I say is mindful over here to me probably is about consciousness. It's about mind, um, heart, uh, attention, and full attention to mind, full attention to heart. Uh, full attention to your soul, and um, full attention to your inner consciousness. That's uh, uh, mindfulness probably to me, and uh, and that's what I uh, probably can, 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 can comprehend at this point. <laughs> right. Well, we talked a little bit about this before I hit record, and and of course, talking about the mind being full, as in the word mindfulness. Well, that doesn't just sound right, does it? Trying to make our mind full. We certainly don't want to do that. Sheru, I want to share a little bit about you with our listeners before we get into our discussion. Uh, Deru is often known as Shi Deru, S-H-I, 
D-E-R-U. And Deru is the founder, like I said, of the Global Zen Consciousness Conference held in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's going to take place on September 28th. But he's the founder and chairman of the Global Zen Alliance and a Kung Fu Grand Master. He served for over 10 years as head coach of the U.S. National Sancho team, and he's technical chairman for the Pan American Wushu Kung Fu Federation. In fact, Deru is known as the American godfather of Sancho around the world. He has devoted his time to sharing and teaching Zen consciousness, which advocates daily conscious meditative action to heighten and expand one's consciousness. He's also dedicated to bridging the gap between theoretical physics and Zen consciousness. So many exciting things to talk about. And we are going to be talking about bridging that gap between physics and Zen consciousness. Where do we start to do that? What is the first step, in your opinion? Uh, of course, uh, in Zen meditation, uh, including Kung Fu, Tai Chi, and Qigong, they're all part of that Zen um, mood, Zen energy, Zen Qi. And I call it, and since I was a kid, you know, I studied Kung Fu when I was a little child. And I studied three, but I didn't understand. Right. Five years old, I began to get into it. Six years old, I did a, a demonstration in Zhengzhou about, uh, you know, probably 20,000 people showed up for the, my demonstration. And uh, so that was the first time I demonstrated. And of course, I did a uh, a lot of demonstrations afterwards and that time is a cultural revolution we cannot do kung fu but we can say it's a chamomile song with some wushu thing you know uh, but it actually is kung fu but it's just labeled differently i see and the kung fu is meditation because when you do kung fu you forget everything when you do kung fu you totally just like you said mindful you're totally conscious uh, into the inner consciousness and you, are, you cannot think, you're free of thinking and free of fear and free of thoughts, free of, free of the known. And you just travel in that emotion, express yourself uh, just like a water, uh, just like what uh, Bruce Lee said, we're like water and whatever you do, you like that. And you, you, you can fit in a cup, you can fit into a kettle and you can fit into the universe. It's a beautiful thing. And the Kung Fu expression with millions of movements to express yourself, not to fight. Of course, it can be used as a self-defense when people bully you and you can do something and uh, not calm yourself down without a, without a mindfulness, without a state of mind, I would so to speak. You know, I have encountered a lot of, lot of people who bully me because Oh, small, you know, I'm still right. small. <laughs> but of course, when people know me, of course, they, they're scared of me. But uh, most people, they, you know, they, they, they don't give a dime about me. But when they get into it, and then I would uh, just uh, calm down and uh, talk to them. They have no idea who I was. And they have no idea how to deal with me. 
and then they end up leave. <laughs> well, I love what you said about water because yeah. water is that ultimate an analogy and we just have to let go like water and instead so many of us in this modern world are fighting we fight this we fight that we think oh this shouldn't be that way so we'll fight it isn't that true that we just have to let go the way water lets go and water just goes where it needs to go I like to hear what you said and let it go because that's the word I tell everybody every single day let it go. <laughs> Doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It was yesterday. Let yesterday die. Let a minute ago die. Let your life die yesterday. Let your let your memory die. Move forward. Move to live at the present and here and now. It's more important than anything else. Meditation is about the full attention to present, to here and now, that moment in time in the space. Ah, yes, it so is. And so at this conference, we're going to talk about the connection between science and consciousness. And I know my son is fascinated because he wants to be a theoretical physicist. And he has wanted to be a scientist since he was a young age, and he's working toward that. But he said to me last night, but dad, I'm not sure about the connection between theoretical physics and Zen consciousness. Now, are you able to explain that so a lay person can understand? Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so as I said, I, uh, I, I'm in meditation mood most of the time. And uh, then I studied Zen for a long time, Kung Fu, Tai Chi. And then I meditate on my lives, and then I come across a lot of medicine, Chinese medicine, because I studied Chinese medicine. I was a doctor for a long time, but I treat a lot of people, you know, and then I begin to see when I treat people, I don't really treat people. I see a lot of cancer patients. I see a lot of hypertension, a lot of people with the circulatory problems, the pulmonary problems, migraine headaches, depression, and anxiety. But they can get well. Through what? Through consciousness. And then I come across the quantum physics. I, you know, Einstein is my idol. And Neil Bohr is my idol. Neil Bohr said very clearly, you know, if we flow like the yin and yang, if we study like, uh, behave like the ancient Taoist, that the yin and yang entanglement without a calmness, without a nothingness, without a formness, without a consciousness and the life in the world would be much more harmonious and much safer place, much happier place, much healthier place. Neil Bohr, you know, and he even put his emblem. Neil Bohr is the quantum physicist. Neil Bohr is the one said that quantum entanglement and he's the one designed quantum entanglement and the people try from Harvard and MIT try to prove he was wrong. Einstein was right. The century fight. And uh, eventually, Neil Bohr was the winner. Right. And then he gave that a concept of the yin and yang. The Taoist was right. Thousand years ago, the Taoist already designed the yin yang entanglement, which he proved that entanglement with quantum physics. So that consciousness has been there for thousand years. However, only the quantum physicist 
begin to prove, to give evidence they were right. And the consciousness also the Buddhist about the emptiness, about the space, about the illusion of the world, about the holographic world. Today, and quantum physics, and again, 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 thousands of times, not only theory, but an experiment begin to prove we're all waves, we are all that consciousness, we're all that energy waves, we are nothing more. It's going to be so exciting at the conference. Waves that are conscious waves that's all we are that are conscious energy waves that vibration and makes who we are uh, who we will be who are he who, are, who am i as a self here now we are waves i love this and we are going to talk about the quantum wave of zen consciousness to the infinity of the true universe Let's talk about some of the other goals of the conference and about some of the speakers that are coming. I know I'm so excited to be a speaker at the conference and, and Mindful Tribe, you can uh, check out the conference at zenconference.org. So check that out. But let's talk more about the conference and, and what the goals are to achieve at this conference. Zenconference.org is the website, zenconference.org. And the conference about to bring together the most advanced thinkers, the forward thinkers and scientists and um, philosophers and spiritual leaders and together. And doesn't matter what religion you are. However, we all have that humanity. We all have that consciousness. We all have that commonality. That is the consciousness. That commonality, we all from the atom, we are all waves of energy. So how can we elevate our waves? How can we heighten our consciousness? How can we uplift our energy for humanity, for ourselves, as a healthy being, as a happy being? And not to mention, we are part of that universe. We're all part of the quantum field. We're all part of that. Uh, either say you say God, or Buddha, or you say that uh, quantum field of intelligence that a high consciousness intelligence we are one interconnected so w w if we're interconnected we must have the all have that intelligence that a superior intelligence we all are that genius so to speak but how can we become so low sometimes and forget about our ge genius men mental capacity because we are so busy with the economics, with the daily things, with the quarrels, with the fights, with selfish destruction, we are self procrastination. Because that stress, that social fight, the media fight, that political fight, they're all part of a junk, I see, and the piled, piled on top of us. And we forgot ourselves, that inner being, that conscious being that interconnection, that intelligence within each of us. And if we unveil that intelligence, if we see that commonality, that consciousness, if we see that one is within all of us, and we all can work together in cooperation to create a different world, a harmonious world, a world full, full of health, full of wellness, full of happiness, full of joy. 
and without all that fight, without all that stress. And I think that stress and also kill us. You know, when I treat a cancer patient, I don't treat them. All I do is let's redo our lifestyle. Let's lift our consciousness. Let's readjust our way of thinking. Let's readjust a lot our nutrition. Let's see a different way of lifestyle. Maybe we can live a little bit better, a little more harmonious, and live a little bit internally to meditate, to pay attention to inter, inner self, inner self, and then to see a different being without all that fight, without all that stress, without all that chemicals. And then they get well. For example, I treat this patient whose name is Ray Blue, and when he had stage four cancer. I treat this lady who, who Janet, they're all stage four cancer, but they're all alive. They all survived. Why they survived? Not because the chemicals, because the uh, hospitals kicked them out. Say, well, there's nothing we can do about it. Like Matt, same thing. I treat a lot of, lot of people. However, they lived. Well, so tell me more about your treatment. What did you do with them? What did you, how did you help them? I helped them first one, just like Ray Blue said, he helped me with my thinking. Because most of cancer patients have fighting thinking. Yes. With, with all kinds of battles, with all kinds of crazy things in their lives. Either fight with the government, because they're part of the government, or, the, or fight with the, the bosses, or fight with the community, or fight with the race issues. Fight with the fight, fight, the full of fights. They are. And, and the, the funny thing is that people talk about, you know, my friend fought cancer. My, fen, my friends battle with cancer. That's how people talk about it. And I'm thinking, no, that's not the way it should be talked about. It's like, let it go. Accept, be open to what the universe has to provide for us. And there's much more chance that you will have peace and contentment and happiness in your life. Would you agree? Yes, yes, sir. I told them, you've got to forget about cancer. There's no such thing as cancer. If you do not believe this in the cancer, this cancer is gone. That's the first thing to believe. Believe and perceive and action with a total faith. So what I say is when you perceive the energy, that energy can conquer anything, and you believe it, and you perceive it, and you pursue that action, and then you work with that energy, and anything is a second. You can get over any disease. So that's how I treat a patient. I treat patients, number one is a belief system, because when you believe you can overcome anything, and you will, because your energy begins to raise up, and your consciousness raise up, and the next thing is meditate. Meditate is opening. It's open your mind and follow that consciousness to unveil that inner intelligence, unveil that inner consciousness, unveil that quantum field. When you're in that field, when you're in that consciousness, when you're in that intelligence, 
and you see different world. The cancer is a physical thing, it's no longer there. Because when you enter that field and your your 50 trillion cells begin to open totally different channel, open totally different antenna, you receive the information totally positive, totally uplifting. And then all the cancer is eliminated. And then people have cancer when they met me. Three months later, they begin to check. Oh my goodness, my cancer is negative. It's not to say we all have cancer probably, but we don't have cancer at the same time. Cancer is about 100 disease. They cannot do anything about it. They group it together, they call cancer. People use surgery. Think about it. You have mushroom. You, you keep the same condition, you cut it. It's, it's gone? No, it's going to grow back again. Yes. Okay, you poison it. Use, use chemotherapy to poison it. You poison not only the cancer cells, the mushrooms, you can poison the whole world. You could poison the whole body. Right. The whole body becomes dis disabled. And when you do enough, and then the person cannot do anything anymore because they lost all their immune system. The immune system is the guide, the immune system, and help them to conquer everything. But they lost the immune system. And then they lost their own consciousness. So what I want to do is re-boost their consciousness, re-boost their energy to help them to re-travel a different route, which is they're born with. They're born with that intelligence. They're born with that consciousness. They're born with that ability, that potentiality. They can overcome anything. That makes so much sense. I just love that. And, you know, at the Zen Consciousness Conference, you're featuring so many experts, so many scientists, so many consciousness thought leaders, but you're also featuring a robot. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah. I talked to the robot people, you know, and Jane, Jane is the director for the marketing director for the, uh, you know, uh, Han. Hansen Robotics, and then I talked to uh, David, who is the CFO. You know, those people, I talked to them because the consciousness. And then I talked to two hours with David in Shanghai because he has an investment company. And for after two hours talk with him, he was totally bought. <laughs> was consciousness. Yes. Wow. Because I always have this hunch in my life, but I cannot touch it. And because he did karate, he did a lot of things in meditation. He said, what do you talk? It just makes sense to me. It's, a, it's a, over my heart. I want to do something with you. I want to see, and I want to see the business world. I want to see the executive world. I want to see the entrepreneur world. All these people need to learn from you. They can see the consciousness, really open their mind to, to see the business at a different angle, for different route, different uh, path. And then we'll do wonderful things with your teachings. I said, okay, let's do something. And he introduced me to his robotic company, that's Henderson Robotics. And Henderson Robotics is the one produced the Sophia. And they produce 14 kinds of Sophia. And then a lot of Sophia over there in Hong Kong. 
And so also Isushin in Hong Kong. So they introduced the whole team to me, said they want to see, and we can do something together. It's like, a, they say, we're open a new, totally new envelope. The envelope, you don't know anything in it, but it's in it. So we'll see what is in it. Wow. That's what you see in a conference. You will see what is in it. So that exciting. Future technology, future consciousness, future science, and with the consciousness, they're intertwined together. But yes. they look like a secret, but it's there. But you just don't see. Because you always see the physical things. You always see the visible things. But a lot of things, 95% of things are potentiality. 95% of things are consciousness. 95% of Five percent of things are dark matters, and the energy you don't see. They're formless. They're invisible. However, you only see the five percent, less than five percent. You maybe see one percent. The scientists today see five, you know, five percent. But the most people see probably less than one percent. The next eye. But most reality you don't see. Most things reality are formless. Most reality that are holographic dark matters, and then they are invisible. But what do we work is the invisible, that are formless. So how can we bring the formless, formless into reality? How can we bring that consciousness into our life to help us to unveil our potentiality, to open a new world, open a new millennium, open a new movement, new, new, open a new revolution, and to change the world with a healthy world, change the world in a happier world, change the world more harmonious world, and we can create a beautiful world in the future and for the humanity, instead of fight each other, a trade war, a physical war, Oh, you know, the economic war, you know, war. And then the war, we don't need a war. We don't need a conflict. The conflicts create chaos. The conflicts create disease. The conflicts create whole, whole, totally chaotic, killing each other. The, the total devastation to the humanity. And we need to change another, another way of doing things. That is more harmonious. That's more happy happier and the more harmonious and healthier world with a high consciousness. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Yes, definitely we can create that world. We just have to all believe that we can do it and that we are all one and that we can do it by letting go. So I, I value what you're saying so much. Yeah, and Solomon Temple has been here for 1,500 years and i came from the family and of the shaolin temple shaolin temple is the birthplace of zen okay zen consciousness so and then spread to japan to korea and come to the united states and by suzuki and alan watts and then people begin to use it and then really really beautiful and uh, and help the humanity zen is just a word it's the same thing as mindfulness the same thing as a lot of people talk about consciousness same thing as a lot of people in the united states be doing it and then we're all maybe using different words but we are all do the same thing and it's time to wake up and it is the age we are waking up it is the minimum and all people more and more people begin to wake up and when we wake up and we see the world can be harmonious the world can be cooperative the world can be high consciousness and we all work together and create 
better things instead of frustrated, distressed, instead of fighting each other, instead of create all kinds of conflicts, chaos and disease. And we can create health. We can create wellness. We can create happiness. We can create a better humanity. Yes, we can. I totally believe that. And you already mentioned entrepreneurs, business people should be at the at the Global Zen Consciousness Conference at consciousnessconference.org. Who else should come to this conference? What I see, and I brought some in epigenetics, and then I see, because in the past, we have it in, in, in the Newtonian world, physical world, we are in the genetic world, but today is different. We, are, we have a social genetics, we have behavior genetics, we have uh, epigenetics. It's a totally different world. So this genetics is totally, totally connected with the consciousness because when you unveil that inner consciousness, and you, when you behave totally differently, you can tap into different consciousness level. You can, you can play the genes in different ways. So the genes is like a blueprint, but you can remodify the blueprint. You can remodify your genes. Your genes is there, but you can punch these genes and without, without touching the other part of the genes. But how you per express your genes, how that expression of your genes make your life different. And let, let's say there's a lady, Julia, uh, Andy and what's her name? I, I, I forgot. You know, um, she has a, a double asthmin. You know, she she had a double. You know, she had a she she tried to prevent she herself to have cancer. She cut her breasts. Okay. And your Julie, or oh, what's her name? Oh, uh, is it Angeline Jolie? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, okay, and, Angelina Jolie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and she. You know, that's, that's so sad because we do not have to, to express that genes of your family because the family have that genes because they behave that way. The generations that behave that way, they follow the behavior, of course, they encourage that genes. However, if we change the behavior, that's called epigenetics. And if we use our consciousness all the time, remodify our genes and re-give the totally different information to the disks of the genes, and we are totally changed. That's proved by science. That a consciousness, that in innovation of that consciousness, and then that the unveil that wisdom of we all have and to re-express that genes, and then we can change our heritage forever. That's why the children is important. So we want to unveil, unveil that wisdom so the children can be, carry a totally different gene expression. Okay, the father is a, a truck driver, but that son can be Harvard graduate scientist, no problem. And then, the family have probably cancer problems before, but that person can be healthy for a hundred years old. I help the one person who has the hormonal problems, who has cancer, who had cancer 30 years ago. Her name is Susan. Okay. And then she hasn't been with me for 30 years. She had nine, nine drugs. And then her doctor told her, and then she's in, she was in hormone, 
hormone therapy. She right. cannot get rid of that. But if you get rid of it, you'll die. But I told her to get rid of it one by one. She was scared to death. Yes. 30 years later, she's much healthier. She's a kickboxer for 70 some years old. She's 76. She, she does meditation. She does running. She does Kung Fu. She's changing her life forever. 30 years of life from that diseased body to totally healthy body. So exciting. I didn't do anything. I just give her way. This is the way of consciousness. That's right. all it is. Right. This has been in China for thousands of years. And now we just share with everybody. It's in the universe for billions of years. It's there. I, all I do is to share with you the information. And I could just feel your excitement. It's so contagious. I know that you already talked a little bit about bullying. Do you have a story about bullying where consciousness or mindfulness would make a difference as to how you oh, deal yeah, with absolutely. it? Absolutely. It's a state of mind. Let me tell you. I have a, I have a lady. Her name is uh, um, Pat. And she's 81 years old. She was 81 years old a couple of years ago. She came here to do to do some self-defense with me and to learn how to survive as 81 years old, single, and just sleep by herself. I told her in a couple of things. I said, first thing you need to meditate every day and to be mindful, to be, you know, conscious. And anything happen, you won't be chaotic won't be feared, you know, and free of fear. Right. At this time, and there was a 20 some years old boy and come to her house and uh, get a gun to her head. She said, how dare you to hit me? And she tried to use Kung Fu. She said, I know Kung Fu. And she changed her mindset from the fear to Kung Fu mindset. That's consciousness. That's mindfulness. And the kids, the kids just scared. Say, what's going on with this guy, lady? What's <laughs> another, another boy? Look at the boy run away. <laughs> <laughs> so another example, we have this boy from an uh, elementary school. She's, uh, he, he was uh, a Korean boy and uh, with American you know, father and, and uh, Korean mother. He looked like a half Oriental. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the school, you know, there was a boy bullying him all the time. One time he said, my shifu said, I need to be calm. The guy hit him and he just let him go. Uh. He hit him, he stepped to the side, let him go. And the guy, boy hit himself on the tree, got a big lump, went to school principal to report on him. <laughs> and he told me, told the principal what he did. You know, he didn't really hit him, just let him go. <laughs> and then he hit himself. He didn't do anything. Oh. He told the principal, principal, okay, he didn't do anything. No, he pushed me. He said, you hit him, he just let you go. So he does not really push. <laughs> you know, you hit him, he just let you go. <laughs> so he didn't get himself in trouble. His father told me the story. His father was so happy. And he was bullied so many times by this boy. But this time, he didn't hit the boy. He just let him go. 
<laughs> that's another booty story. <laughs> what a great story. What a great story, Deru. I like that. I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So yeah. just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. I know you've been a mentor to many, many, many people, but who is one person who has influenced your consciousness practice? My Shufu, you know, and that's a sushi from the Shaolin Temple. And he was deputy abbot. He was the uh, chief monk in charge of the Shaolin Temple and a long time ago. And of course, the, later on, we have other people took over, but uh, he was the spiritual leader when he was alive. And he left this world, transcended. And uh, he told me, then is not the left, it's not, then is not the right, then is not up, then is not down, then is not inside, then is not outside, then, then is not in the middle. Oh, when I was a kid, I said, where is it? And then we know, I see, then is that, a, is that a consciousness? Where is that a consciousness? Where is that a happiness? Where is that a thing? And then one day, I say, oh my goodness, I was looking for, for this so long, for 20 years. And I realized it's always there. <laughs> always there. <laughs> that's my, that's my <laughs> 30 seconds thing. <laughs> <laughs> How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Oh, it's beautiful. You know, sometimes, of course, you get angry, you get uh, upset. But normally, for me, it's a 30 seconds thing. And I get over with it. And because a lot of people, you know, last long. And then, you know, you're, you're a human being, you, you react to things. But uh, one second later, God, what am I stupid thing? <laughs> and then I breathe back to my normal state. <laughs> you know, that's just uh, mindfulness. To me, it's just meditation is a conscious mood and back to the conscious mood. Yeah. But most people probably, and, um, you know, in a reaction mood all the time, but, uh, I think so when people do meditation and I do three hours a day, two hours a day, minimum one hour a day and uh, every single day, seven days a week for, 50 some years, even though I'm only 32 years old. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> well, you certainly exude a lot of happiness and joy. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. Oh, yeah, breathing is definitely. When I uh, do things, if you have something happening, I now take, take a deep breath and uh, breathe into my abdomen and uh, just uh, listen to my breath. And uh, just uh, get into that uh, meditative mood right away, and then I see things totally differently. And you, you know, a minute later, and totally different from, and a minute, uh, you know, before. And then so everything can be changed. Perception must change instantly, and just like that. And then one one minute you think is terrible, another minute you think you think is uh, is a lesson, and it's a beautiful thing. And it's a life. It's, uh, it's, uh, it comes here for a purpose, to give you a trial, to give another way of see things and uh, to see if you can figure it out. If you give you a see, if you can find another solution. If you seek, it gives you another the way to see if you can holographically project a different picture from that incident. And it's a beautiful thing. It's always a beautiful thing. Yeah. Doesn't matter how tough, how and a minute ago, you thought it was so terrible, so suffering. But a minute later, it was so beautiful. Wow. You know, just a so, so joyful thing. And it can be. So that's the human's mind. 
That's consciousness. That's perception. Let's change your perception. Yeah. And then from disease, uh, uh, you know, belief can be into healthy belief. You know, that's how it is. For all these years, I live in this world about 60 years, probably. Right. I, I don't, I never, I never go to hospital to see, see a health problem because I don't believe in disease. See, when you believe disease, you feed on disease. When you be, believe health, you're always healthy. Mm. You know, whenever I had some discomfort, uh, headaches or something, I said, oh, okay, it's a piece of cake. Let me spend a few minutes on it. It's gone. Oh, yeah. And then I have broken bones. I've broken many, so many bones. It's okay. I, 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 I let it go. And then come back again. My bones, my backs, my legs, they're all good, but they all, they were broken before, wow. but they're all strong today. I don't have any problems with anybody, with any cells. They're all healthy. There's 50 trillions of them work together. And sometimes they have to be stressed. And then I change them and regroup them, give them a space, give them consciousness, let them to empty themselves to interact with each other, to communicate with each other, to make that space and to regroup again, to reorganize again, and they become all happy and healthy again. Oh, that's fantastic. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness or consciousness, what book would that be, Daru? I think uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a book recently, I think it's uh, uh, by Bruce Lipton. Okay, yes. Yeah. And then there's another book is. Uh, uh, potentiality, because this what I wrote, and I and I didn't know that the people have the same thing as I do. And then I read the books. I said, "Wow, they do the same thing." I've been doing this for fifty years, but they go from the scientific standpoint of view and right. do the same thing as I do, and I really love it. And I thought, I, uh, you know, I was not many people doing that. I did my research paper, nineteen ninety, and reported at. Uh, uh, experimental biology conference and uh, about uh, Zen consciousness, about um, Taiji, how that affect our physiology. At that time, the whole conference, I was the only one doing this. And everybody is doing medical, everybody is doing drugs, everybody is doing you know, other part of the biology with the chemicals. I was the only one doing consciousness without a medical conference. And I was the, definitely the, the only strange person. But today I see mindfulness everywhere. I see mind-body medicine. I see integrated medicine everywhere. And I'm happy. And I see I have more cardiacism than ever before. And you're one of them. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's fantastic. Do you use any apps or do you recommend any apps to help people to become more aware, more, more conscious? I don't know you apps. I was still from the ancient times. Even no. though, I, of course, I use, I use a lot of uh, computer things and the cell phone. I do use some. But I haven't used any apps because I feel it's a personal thing. When you get into it, that field, when you get into that breathing, when you get into that deep consciousness, when you get into deeper, deep, deeper sound, you are totally in a different world. When you do, sometimes people cannot do it. I lead them to do a few moments of Zen Taigong, and that moments will 
kind of capture the attention and lead them into that consciousness, deep down into that consciousness. That's what I do. <laughs> mm, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And Mindful Tribe, you can do it too, and you can learn so much more about it by going to the Consciousness Conference at zenconference.org. And it's in Atlanta, Georgia, September 28th to October 1st. You're going to hear some amazing speakers, including Shi Deru, who we've been talking with today. How else should we connect with you, Deru? Is there any other way besides going to zenconference.org? Okay, just write me an email. Okay. Shaolin Institute GA at gmail.com or Sudoru Shaolin and uh, at gmail.com either way and uh, either way you can you can get a hold of me and uh, we have a, a Shaolin Time Foundation 678-300-8031 678-300-8031 okay and then you can uh, the Shaolin Time Foundation is basically it's a Zen and it's, a, it's about a Zen Consciousness Foundation and we work uh, and around the world in China, in Japan, in everywhere and around the world. And we want to see, bring people together in consciousness for a future business, for future health, for future humanity, for epigenetics and for our lives. That's and, what it's, it is. and it's the Shailu Jan Foundation, S-H-A-O-L-I-N. S-H-A-O-L-I-N, Shaolin. Yes. And then C H A N. C H A N. That's a Zen. Foundation. Chan. Zen is the same thing. Chan Foundation. Zen Chan. Zen is in the United States because it came from a Japanese pronunciation. Is Zen. Chinese pronunciation is Chan, but the character is the same. Exactly the same. Because ah. the Chinese use Chinese character as the as the traditional language, but the Japanese new language changed a lot. But they still use a lot of Chinese kanji. Yeah, they still use a lot of Chinese characters. I love that you gave us your phone number, 678-300-8031. Thank you for that. And thank you for being on the show today, Deiru. It's been a real pleasure to talk with you. It's very, very uh, nice to talk to you. And then I love what you do. And uh, we promote that uh, consciousness, promote that uh, mindfulness, promote that uh, health. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful. Oh, and Mindful Tribe, Daru has offered a 20% discount for any of you Mindful Tribe listeners who want to attend the conference. 20% off. Just go to the website at zenconference.org and enter the word mindfulness before you make your payment, and that will take it down 20%. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day, Daru. Thank you. <laughs> Thank now, you. Bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or episode number into the search bar. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen. Maybe it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Hit subscribe and share. Subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Subscribe and share, share, share. 
Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.